right, welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you, and we talk about better pain management. We talk about rehab after surgery. We talk about improved mobility. And we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. All right. Welcome in your corner with Core Physical Therapy. We've got a, a, a very special panel for you tonight. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, go out to corephysicaltherapy.com for all your answers. Now, we have a gentleman by the name of Jay Williamson. And if you go out to his stack card, his LinkedIn stack card, it's pretty stacked. Okay. Just FYI, it is stacked. And, I, and, and it's an enjoyable read, no doubt about it. But if you're not, and you need to know a little bit more about Jay, Jay's going to tell you who he is right now. Jay, give us a little background, a little 411 on who Jay is. I'm not really sure where to start, Scott. Uh, uh, did, I, did I overwhelm you on that one? I, yeah, you really did. I, I'm very dazzling. Never, I, I understand. Yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. tough – I do that all the time. With, uh, so I'll, I'll try to digest this. Um, I'm 54. Uh, married with uh, three kids, live in St. Louis, Missouri, um, went to high school in St. Louis, John Burroughs School, went to Trinity College for four years, got a degree in political science, didn't know what to do, major of indecision, didn't want to be an attorney, so I came home, told my dad that I was going to be a professional golfer, and that's what I did for 25 years or so, um, and I guess I'm still a professional golfer, um, although as we've discussed, it's my non-performing asset. Um, but I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time playing golf and uh, invested a lot of time and energy, sweat equity. Um, doesn't get you very far when you're 54. I'm trying. Um, so I do some other things. I wear a few different hats and uh, I'm in the, uh, the, the insurance business, with this, which is the wealth solutions business. And I also uh, am a referring partner called uh, for a company called Ring Central, publicly traded out of San Francisco, cloud based um, communications, UCAS, CCAS. And then I, uh, like I said, I still play some golf. In fact, I'm not even sure you know this about me, but I qualified for the senior British open, which is in two weeks. So that's, yeah. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I am actually an alternate this week into Omaha in the senior open, but unfortunately I don't think I'm going to get in. The USGA has some rather clandestine rules. And uh, I don't think I'm going to get them in, unfortunately. So, so Jay, that's it. So uh, I'm Dr. Rick Lehman, also from the 314. And uh, I've known Jay, a long, Jay a long time. So, Jay, besides golf, tell us a little bit about the other sports. You, I mean, you, you're an unbelievable athlete. So you, you've kind of sold yourself short just a little bit here. Tell, tell us other sports that you may have played and at what level, because I think it's interesting in, in terms of, you know, multi-sport athletes and, and what a good athlete you really are. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I played those other sports so long ago, doc. I don't remember much of them, but I did play hockey and baseball growing up, played hockey and baseball in college, went to Trinity college in Connecticut. And in fact, I am proud of this. I, I try not to talk about myself too much, but I was just elected into the Trinity college hall of fame for sports, um, which again, division three is what it is, but, I, I feel like that is quite an achievement looking back on my life. Certainly very proud of that. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I have a very unique story. Um, sometimes I have to pinch myself that I spent so much time playing professional golf and continue to play. Um, but I was an athlete coming out of college and that's what I wanted to continue to do. So, um, as, as doc knows about me, I'm a pretty persistent guy. I don't really like to hear no. And if I do hear no, I try to overcome it. Um, and, uh, you know, so yeah, I, I, I played a lot of hockey and a lot of baseball and I still follow those sports, uh, you know, pretty, um, pretty closely. And, and tell us about, so, so you're on the PJ tour for how many years? I got through the qualifying school when they had one for the PJ tour back in 1995. And I essentially played through 2012. And, so you do the maths 17 or so years. And, and what was your training like? So you're on the PJ tour, you're playing every week or you're playing whenever tournaments came up. What, what, what was your training like? How many, how many days a week did you play? How many hours a day did you play? What, did you do anything else besides play golf? Did you lift? Did you train in any other ways? Tell us what your regimen was. You know, it's a really good question. I, I felt like coming out of college playing hockey as much as I did, I was in pretty good shape. Um, but looking, looking back on my career, you know, I, my career coincided with Tiger's um, uh, kind of emergence um, on the PGA Tour. And so he brought a lot of physical fitness um, to the tour, which really wasn't done prior to him. I mean, it was, but it wasn't certainly at the level that he, um, that he achieved, uh, and he, you know, he followed. So I think looking back, if there was one thing about my, well, there are a few things about my career that I, I, you know, I'd like to maybe have another chance at, but, but taking better care of myself and understanding, um, how quickly, I didn't understand how quickly the game was going to change and it changed dramatically while I was on tour. I used to be, you know, my ball speed was, you know, 160, 162 or three, which quite honestly used to be a little bit above average. Now it's below average significantly. Um, but the game changed a lot and guys were bigger and stronger. The better athletes started playing golf, you know, as the, with Tiger's emergence. So, I, my, my training routine was, was good, but it could have been a lot better. Um, I don't know if it would have been lifting, you know, it's, it's such a, it, to create speed in the golf swing is, is such a, you know, it, it's such a magical thing. Some guys really have it. Some guys don't technique plays a lot, a big part of it, but I, I definitely could have been, um, I could have focused more on my training if, uh, if I could do it all over again. So, so you brought up something that maybe we're going to talk about a little later, but we're going to talk about now. How has the game changed? I mean, you see these guys are lifting, they're bigger, they're stronger. DeChambeau, the, you know, you hear about Tiger, the way he trained. How has the game changed? Let's say in the last, for, for, forget 1995 in the last five years, because I, I'm not a golfer, but I see significant difference. You know, it's like looking at Ozzie Smith. I spent a lot of time with Ozzie Smith. He's a small guy. You know, he probably would be, tiny compared to today's shortstop. So, so what, what's happened in the game of golf? Well, um, you know, I know you're a tennis guy and I mean, I, you know, I've been watching a little Wimbledon this week. I mean, those guys are all six, four, six, five, you know, uh, the five eleven macros of the world, you know, it's just, it's, I, I just think, I think that the better athletes, you know, it's kind of Darwinian, Darwinism, you know, the better athletes have risen to the top 
Um, and in golf, you know, you just don't see many guys. I'm, you know, five, nine on a good day. You just don't, you don't see the short guys, um, out there as much golf, you know, the better athletes. And I think tiger did this because the better athletes saw that there was, there was more money, um, to play for. And I think that attracted them to the game of golf. And I think that you see that today, even the last five years, doc, I mean, what Bryson DeChambeau has done is just phenomenal. I've never seen anyone do it. I didn't actually think it was possible. I still don't understand how he's doing it, but his ball speed, you know, approaches 200 miles an hour, um, which is, which is crazy. And, and he's done it a lot by changing his body as Tiger did. Um, but I, I just think, you know, this as well as anybody. I mean, I think we, we continue to learn how to, uh, you know, how to train better. I see it with my, I see it with my kids going through high school, you know, kids just, they, they learn how to train better. They learn and nutrition is a big part of it too. Um, I think there's, you know, we, I think we just, we evolve and we learn what, what techniques are better. And, and that doesn't even get into any of the performance enhancing drugs. And I'm not going to really go down that road. Um, but that's something I never did. And I probably should have, you know, um, but I don't know how I would have done it, uh, especially I can't say that I would have done it illegally, but I still think that there's some things that you can do um, when you're trying to compete at a very high level. I think that there's some things that you can do that are legal that, uh, you know, that, that might assist in, in some ways. And, and so, so, so tell, tell us a little bit about that. Tell us tell, what are the pressures of being on the PJ tour? I mean, obviously you're playing for money, there's cameras. Explain what a, what a golf tournament entails when you're the player. It's one thing to watch it on TV. It's one thing to be there at Bell Reeve watching it. But what's it like when you're the player? Well, what a lot of people don't understand is, and, and this is uh, an over, uh, excuse me, a very underrated part of the game, is the amount of walking and, and the physical exertion that that takes on you week after week, especially in the summer months. Um, unfortunately, I was not born with great feet. Um, and so I really struggled, uh, especially later in my career. Thank God for you. You, you actually saved, uh, you know, my, the latter part of my career with, with, uh, with a menis, meniscus uh, repair. Um, but I, I think that, you know, professional golf at the highest level, it's kind of like getting on an elevator on Monday and that elevator just slowly rises to a very high level. And by Sunday, you're way up in the sky and you got to figure out how to deal with it. Um, that's the way kind of my, I felt like my career was Thursday felt a lot different than Friday. Friday felt a lot different than Saturday and Saturday felt a lot different than Sunday. So there was a lot of experience that was involved. Um, and I think, um, I think the better players are able to, to, to understand and thrive on that pressure. For me personally, for me personally, I was really good when I was playing for myself financially. Um, I started to struggle uh, once I got older and once the financial part of it meant too much. And that's, I think, as I look back, that's ultimately what drove me out of the game is that the financial, the financial consequence was was more important than how i performed on the golf course and, and did that and so your family's at home you're away you're playing um 
you got to kind of make money because you got to feed your family. I mean, so that, that must have added some element of significant pressure. I mean, it, it just had to. Well, the fight, I mean, I mean, I, I should put on my resume that I was the CEO of my own LLC. <laughs> and, and, and that was, that was professional golf. All those guys are making a lot of decisions on their own. Uh, granted, you know, in this day and age, they all have, you know, a nutritionist and an agent and a breathing coach and a strength coach and a pilot. So they have a team. I never really got into that. I, I, I didn't build a good enough team around me, but I think, I do think that that's how the game has changed in the last, I don't know about five years, but certainly the last 15. And I, I would say the majority of the guys now playing at the highest level are flying private. And, you know, that takes, that takes a big burden off you physically when you're able to get to the next place or get home on Sunday night quickly. Um, that's a huge advantage for, for some of these top players. And, and, and how do you work your way up through the ranks? I mean, it's one thing to be Phil Mickelson or whoever, but you, you didn't start there. And, and Jay Williamson didn't start on the PGA tour. So, so for people out there listening, how, how do you become a great golfer? I mean, what do you do when you're 13 or 10 or 12 years old? Do you just play golf or what do you have to do? Well, I certainly didn't choose that path. I played golf as a hobby growing up. Um, and, and, and I didn't play in college. I didn't have much of an amateur career, which I'm sure, you know, <laughs> didn't serve me very well as, as I tried to compete against the best players in the world. But I would say that it's very difficult. It's so much more difficult now than it was when I, when I got out there. I mean, it's so much more difficult. First of all, there's not a Q school. You got to work your way through uh, the Corn Ferry Tour now. Um, I had the ability to play well for six days at Q school, which would, would, which would give me status. I had a pretty good record as a <laughs> back, back in the day, but I'm not sure that that's something you want to be real proud of. You, um, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that a kid that wants to play golf, the highest level today has to play growing up. It's gotta be. It's got to be their at least top two sports. I think that they need to play other sports too, but it's got to be a, a committed. You, you got to be committed as a teenager in order to to think that you're going to have a chance playing with these guys at the highest level. And, and what kind of injuries are we going to see on the PGA Tour? I mean, you had a knee injury. You have bad feet. Um, we see some back issues. What, what do you normally see? What, 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 what do pro golfers get? Do they get golfers? What, what happens to them? Well, How look at Tiger. Down? I mean, look at Tiger. I, I, I was with someone recently who was describing his back surgery. You know this better than I do. I don't know the name of it, but that's a that's a pretty severe surgery that he had. Um, you know, that's not something that people go in for and then get out in a few you know months and continue to play golf at the highest level. I, I think you're going to see more back issues. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bryson in time. Um, but again, these guys are in such good shape that, you know, I, I you, you just don't see many guys out there that are overweight, walking down the fairway, smoking a cigarette. I mean, that that kind of used to be the way it was, but it certainly isn't the way it is anymore. In fact, I'm not sure I've seen anyone smoking a cigarette on a golf course in a long time. <laughs> well, and, and, and that's right. And that's baseball and that's sports in general. You know, I think we our, our nutrition's improved, like you said. Our conditioning is through the roof. You know, we're looking at ball speed. We're looking at, you know, like home runs. 
trajectory, et cetera, things that we never measured before. So certainly technology is, has, has taken over. So in terms, in, in terms of the greatest golfers, I mean, who is the greatest golfer you ever played? Is Tiger the greatest golfer you ever, you, you ever compete against? Or who's, who's the greatest golfer ever lived? And who's the greatest golfer you competed against? Well, I, I'm, I'm probably biased because I didn't play against Jack, never played with Jack. Um, I think that Tiger, with his record, I think he's the greatest player that ever lived. But, man, it's a tough debate, and I'd probably lose if someone, you know, could, you know, could talk about Jack's career and record. You know, the equipment was different. Um, I think Jack had to overcome more. But, man, you look at the, the media – the media that Tiger has had to, to deal with, you know, it's just, it's completely overwhelming to the fact that you see some of the, you know, there've been a couple of tennis players and, you know, a couple of the golfers um, that actually had to take time away because the, the media scrutiny is, is so difficult and so challenging. And I don't see that getting any easier for these guys. Um, so, you know, I think Tiger is, is certainly the best player put it this way that I've ever played with. And I had the opportunity to play with him a couple of times in LA and, and certainly something I'll never forget. And, and in turn, you know, you hear about his, his, his training technique, you go out and hit hours and hours and hours of a seven iron or, or whatever his training technique is. Is that pretty standard on the tour? I mean, do guys just play all day or work on one shot all day or is there variability or you just guy, you just go out and play 36 holes with golf how do you get ready for the, for, for, for the senior British open? You know, that's a good question. I, there are a couple of questions in there and I, I'll, I'll say that I think that I don't think, I think the days of guys going out and just hit, banging a seven iron for two hours, three hours, I think those days are over. Um, it's really more about perfecting your method. Golf's a game of fundamentals. It's a game of angles. You know, I, when I say it's my non-performing asset, I mean that I spent an inordinate amount of time, on the range, trying to perfect my method. Um, so, you know, I think with, it just depends on the player. VJ Singh's infamous about spending more time than anybody banging balls. I don't know how he does it. Um, you know, and then other guys, you know, they'd rather go play. Justin Thomas, I think is more of a guy that he'll go play 36 holes in a day. So, you know, every, everyone's a little bit different. Um, and it depends on, kind of where you are in the season um, and how you're playing. And for me to be able to, to, to practice for, you know, and train for the senior British open, it's kind of difficult because, you know, a, the first thing that I'm going to have to figure out is the time change. And it seems like the older I get, the more, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little different than you. I don't wake up at four in the morning. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the time change is certainly something that I'm going to have to deal with. And then playing on different grasses, again, that's a very underrated part of professional golf is every week you're playing on, you know, usually whether it's a different time zone, you're playing on different grass. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that, that's a big difference. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard for me being in St. Louis to train on, on bent grass. You know, it's, there's just not much of it around. So um, it's a good question, and it's, it's something that is very underrated. And where's the PGA Tour going? Are we just, you know, is it going to be like like hockey? Are we going to see bigger guys, stronger guys? Just as you said, tennis. All of a sudden, Rod Laver was five foot eight. There'll never be another guy five foot eight when it 
major in, in tennis. Michael Chang, Michael Chang, wasn't he like five nine? I mean, you know, again, I don't, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know how. I think the PGA Tour is just, you know, this gets into the debate about, you know, how do you make a golf course harder? Well, you don't make a golf course harder for these guys now by making it longer because they've figured out how to hit. They can hit the ball as far as they want. The way to make golf harder is to narrow the fairways and make precision more important in the game. And I I do think that it'll get to that at some point because you just can't make these golf courses 75, 7,600 yards, you know, for the bigger, stronger guys. The problem is, you know, the taller guys have a bigger arc, which enables them to hit the ball for it. It's just, you know, it's, it's simple physics. And, and, and so is, is that the future? The future is narrowing the fairways because guys are going to get bigger and stronger and train harder. They're going to somehow figure out how to putt better. That's just, that's just the technology of sports, you know, swimmers swim faster, runners run faster. Is, is that where golf's going? I mean, I, it, the real I question don't see is it. If you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're five ten, you know, I see people in the office and they come in and they're running back. They run a five one forty, and Dad thinks they're going to go to Nebraska to play football, and it just isn't going to happen. <laughs> is that is that is that where we're headed? Well, I as it relates to golf, I don't see. I haven't seen much emphasis on the tour yet in 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 trying to champion more precision from the players. Um, you know, they love how far Brooks Kepsky hits it. John Daly, John Daly still, when he shows up, he still gets, you know, the biggest crowd on the champions tour. Um, now there are some other reasons for that too, but, but I think that, you know, I think it's, it's out of control today and the USGA didn't do the game any favors by allowing the golf ball to get, to go as far as it does today, it's hard to really roll that back. But I do think that, again, if they want to make the game harder, the only way to really do it is to, to narrow, the, narrow the fairways and make the greens firm and fast. It's not to make the golf courses longer because there's, there's still guys out there that hit it so far you can't even believe it. And that's going to continue. So, so let's personalize this just a little bit. You, you got three kids. Tell us about your kids and tell, tell us about what sports you would encourage them to play. Oh, man, that's a great question. Um, so my daughter, Whitney, um, just graduated from SMU. She's working in Dallas. She was a field hockey. She was actually player of the year in, uh, in St. Louis her senior year, field hockey and lacrosse. Went to Northwestern. Wasn't a great fit for her. She wanted to be a college kid. And she transferred to SMU, and, and that's what she did. Um, you know, she probably should have played more lacrosse, and she probably should have gone to a smaller school, you know, like a NESCAC school um, up, in the, up in New England, kind of what I did at Trinity. Um, and then, so JT is my 18-year-old. He just graduated from high school. He's going to TCU. He, he developed, unfortunately, very late. Uh, you know, I kind of gave him a late uh, maturing gene. He, he really matured into a heck of a hockey player, um, but didn't really want to play in college. So he's going to TCU in a couple months. Unfortunately, he tore his ACL playing lacrosse about a month ago on senior day. So that's been a, that's been a tough go here to have to experience that with him. Um, and then I've got a 15-year-old George who's still at home. He'll be a sophomore at MICDS next year. He's got a heck of an instinct. Um, 
as an athlete plays lacrosse hockey and trying to get them into golf, but man, golf's a little bit like baseball. You know, the game has to change. It's got to get faster. These kids want instant gratification. They want fast stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so I, I look at him playing a lot more lacrosse and a lot more hockey the next few years. And for all the parents listening out there, you're, you're, you know, you got three kids, you're a professional golfer, probably one of the greatest golfers ever to be from St. Louis. Uh, well, should, should, should I tell my kids to play golf? Should I push my kids towards lacrosse? They they're probably can't well, play basketball for obvious reasons. Um, well, I think they need to play a, a variety of sports. That's the only reason I actually had a chance to compete at a high level in golf was because I played other sports. Um, and I learned how to compete. Um, but I, th- I think these kids today, they, they got to play more than one sport. And I'm not sure if playing, even if they focus on one sport, playing it all year long is a good idea either. I, you know, you, pr- I see, it just seems to me like there are a lot more ACL surgeries, injuries. And I think a lot of that is turf. Um, I don't know if you agree with me or not. No, no question. Um, I, I will say, I still don't understand why they make these, you know, JT was wearing these, you know, these shoes with a huge spike on the bottom. I'm like, why did we do that? You know, when you're playing on turf, but anyway, um, I, I think that these kids today have to play multiple sports. And the way I would look at it is just try to try to have that sport pay for your college education. I know it's very difficult and it's not going to get any easier, but pick a sport, be real, realistic about it. Um, you know, and, and, and try to, you know, have, have your, have your son or daughter, you know, have, have that school pay for their education because what a gift that would be for, for everyone involved. That's, that's actually excellent advice. So Jay, what do we forget? What should we just talk about tonight that we didn't talk about? Um, I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, I, uh, <laughs> I think we've covered the gamut. I, I appreciate the time to, Oh, I, you know, to talk that. about my career and, and, you know, I don't get a chance to do it very often anymore. So it's always nice to hearken back to some of the things, you know, mostly good memories and can't believe that uh, I'm 54 years old. And, you know, a lot of it is, is in the rear, uh, rear view mirror. You're it's not a story. The, oh, I'm sorry about that. Dr. Rick, go ahead. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. You're also in the uh, St. Louis hall of fame. Yeah, I think I forgot about that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah and by the <laughs> way, they've got to update that picture a little bit. It's just uh, so I'm not saying it's dated. Yeah, I am. I'm saying it's dated. Yep, absolutely. Am I looking a little heavy or, or, or what? <laughs> you, you look so mature and so oh. handsome. All about it, man. It's like it's everything. Okay, I have to ask this question because as a dad, so you 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 went to college, you played hockey, you played baseball, and then all of a sudden you get out of college and then all of a sudden you say, hey, I want to play golf. How to, how to, what did your dad think of that? Like, I mean, I it was crazy. It was like, it, it must have been nuts. I know. Yeah, I he thought I was crazy. He, he thought I was crazy, but that's all right. I mean, hey, you know what? Getting Rick asked me that question. I started at the very bottom. It, I mean, if you think of if you think of professional golf, you've got, you know, I don't know who's on top, DJ, Rory. I don't know who's number one right now, but they're at the top of the ladder. And then I was, I was somewhere around the bottom of that ladder when I started. There's no question about it. And I think that, um, you know, I think that 
if you're if you're gonna do something, you have to be committed to it. That's that's one thing that that I was. My dad, you know, preached that. He was pretty shocked when I came home and said what I wanted to do. But it was a great growing up experience for me to kind of be on my own, trying to figure out how to support myself playing professional golf, which I had no business doing. I was, there's no doubt I was an egomaniac to think that I could do that. But I mean, you kind of have to be that way, right? You know, I mean, not that I thought I was an egomaniac, but for me to think that I could actually get out there. I mean, I, a kid from Trinity college, it's just, it's not, yeah, maybe I had a screw loose. I don't know. <laughs> you pulled out your persimmons heads and you started hitting the ball. You're saying that's what I want. Yeah. yeah. That's where I'm yeah. at. So I, I'm sitting out there and I'm looking at that. I said, British Open, Brit- senior British Open. Is it, is it at Sunnydale? Sunningdale? Sunningdale. Sunningdale outside. Of, or it, actually, it's, it's in London. You know, I think it's, I think it's just a classic country club, golf club you, in, in, uh, in London. I'm, I'm, I've heard it's a fantastic place. It's I'm honored gorgeous. to have the chance to, uh, you know, I'm honored to have the chance to even, you know, life's all about experiences at this point. I'd love to go over there and compete. If I can control my emotions, I think I can compete. Um, you know, it's it's how am I going to feel when I've been there? I did play in one British Open at Royal Birkdale, at Birkdale and actually finished like 35th, I think. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. And yeah. like I said, if I can control my emotions, I'll be okay. The fairways are narrow. The bunkers are, are, are deep. But uh, the, the and, and I'm not trying to talk you down because I know that you can do it because you are my favorite golfer now on. You're kind of a big deal in my life. Uh, you're, you're very nice. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's a heck of a course, man. I was when I pulled it up and go, oh, I would have been going through sleeves and sleeves of balls. And then I would have <laughs> digging into the water to try and find some other balls because I would have run out of those balls. That's that golf course. But you're a pro. You can handle it. All right. Yeah. You're awesome, man. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Rick, you were fantastic. Well, Jay, Jay's a good buddy, and, and Jay is a great guy and a, and a loyal friend. And I will tell you, uh, I really appreciate you doing this. And we do really – we will follow you uh, oh, at the yeah. British Open and see oh, see yeah. how you do. But all in all, none of that really matters. You're just a good guy. And, and, yeah. and uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on because – it's a tough sport. I mean, it's such a mental sport. It's not like running, you know, you run as hard as you can, you get to the end, you get a time. Golf is just, it's so cerebral. And, and you, you said something that really is important in sports and that is you got to control your emotions and man, that's not easy. No, it's not. And that's probably why I play more pickleball right now than golf. (laughs) It moves so fast and that ball's always in play. And I have no time to think about, (laughs) <laughs> you know my bad shots it's uh, it's like the antithesis of golf <laughs> so, if you need a recommendation on a doctor for your son he has a what an acl issue yeah, yeah he got it taken care of a couple weeks ago yeah over here he, he might be yeah he's got pretty good street card too by the way at that, uh, uh, yeah. senior senior open uh, are you playing the old course or the new course do you know or do you play both? i do not I, I don't know that no we'll, we'll play uh i i don't know that I think I will know that. More I'll know that. On your, your your senior open than you have. I'm 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 all in now, and now you're. you're, you're I'm just look at me. I'm all hey, in. Hey, Google doesn't Google doesn't lie, does it? Google does <laughs> not lie. <laughs> all right, all right, listeners, we're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, that's Jay. He's quite the spark plug, 
and an excellent conversation. Dr. Rick, you're always wonderful. Uh, again, if you need to go and find something out about PT, anything, go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. You will not be disappointed. Great website, quite frankly, and you'll find some answers. Thank you, gents. You guys are great, as always. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Doc. You guys take care, and uh, we'll see you soon. You got it. Take care, and thank you again. You're welcome. Bye-bye.